The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 11th chapter. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 
Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. In his Gospel, St. John tells us about three times when Jesus was deeply troubled. This week, when Jesus weeps at the grave of his dear friend Lazarus. Next week, after Jesus rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And once more on Monday, Thursday, when Judas betrays Jesus to death. So what exactly is the trouble that runs so deep? For Jesus, all three of these are signs that evil is on the way to eat him alive. You and I have now been together through lots of Lents, so we need to be careful that we do not take Jesus' pain for granted. If we say, well, I know the end of this story, and it all works out okay, or Jesus was the Son of God, so no worries. He'll make it through the next two weeks just fine. Then we don't really understand who Jesus is or what he is suffering in our place for our sins. In all three of these stories, the word used to describe Jesus' terror is particularly dark. It is a horrible word, really. It is a word for being twisted up inside, terrified and even trembling with fear. It describes how Jesus felt when he was crying over the death of Lazarus, when he was brooding about the meaning of his life's work during Holy Week, and when he was so consumed by the stress of what's to come that he actually sweats blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. So the end of Lent is this simple. Jesus is afraid. He is very afraid of what comes next. 
because you and I now seem to spend so much of our life being afraid of terrorists, politicians, gangs, plane crashes, nukes, Russians, racists, stock markets, bosses, guns, global warming, immigrants, executive orders, TV, and t-ball coaches, in an odd way, Jesus' fear and how he handles his fear this Lent can be very comforting and instructive for all of us. To start, Jesus' fear this Lent means that fear is normal. It reminds us that being afraid is a natural part of being God's child in a fallen, broken, threatening world. Being afraid is actually very much like being punched in the nose. If you hit me right between the eyes, then you can watch my nose bleed and my eyes tear and my face swell automatically. That is just what happens when evil attacks. Fear is just like that. Fear is the natural reaction to being wounded. So fear is normal, and it is nothing to be ashamed of. But we should also see that Jesus' fear is much more radical, much more intense than ours. Jesus is a complete human being, just like you and just like me. But since he is the Son of God, he sees evil sweeping toward him with particular clarity. And since he is the sacrificial Lamb of God, he knows that he is the target, that evil is on the way to eat him alive. Over the past few weeks, evil has been creeping closer and closer to Jesus, and now finally it begins to squeeze him. Today, evil kills his old friend Lazarus. That's one way the devil digs at all of us, too, by attacking our friends or our spouses or our kids. Then next week, just after Palm Sunday, evil twists love into hate. Love is always dangerous because love makes us vulnerable. And Jesus absolutely adores Jerusalem and its people. So when their love flips to hate and they cry, crucify him, it feels like a big chunk of his life has been wasted on a family who never really cared about him after all. Finally, on Monday, Thursday, evil gets a grip on Judas, so Judas betrays Jesus. There are very few pains deeper than having one of your best friends become your enemy. So it is no wonder that Jesus' fear is so radical and so intense. He can see it all unfolding. And he knows that sin, death, and the devil are set to scourge him on the cross. 
Then when Jesus finally dies, it all seems pretty bleak for us too. Because his cross really is the spot where innocence is executed. Where the light of the world is extinguished. And where the life of all creation is destroyed. His cross really is as dark and cruel and unfair as this world gets. So if that is how it all ends, if evil finally tracks us down and eats us alive, how does his fear help you with your fear? And how does his death help you with your death? It helps because after Jesus is afraid, Jesus gets angry. Listen again to a punchy reading of part of that very long gospel. Jesus saw Mary weeping. Jesus was deeply troubled. Jesus wept. But then Jesus became terribly angry. Jesus said to Mary, I promise to show you the glory of God. Then Jesus prayed to his heavenly Father. Thanks for listening. Now let's show them what you're made of. And Jesus said to Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, who had died, came out. And they let him go free. And that, you see, is exactly what is going to happen to Jesus on the cross. Of course, Jesus is frightened. It's normal. Just after Palm Sunday, we will hear him beg, Father, save me from this hour. But in the very same breath, he abandons his natural fear to his Father's will. And he says, Father, glorify your name. And then on the cross, where despite his fear, Jesus gives himself wholly into his Father's hands, the most startling thing happens. His heavenly Father uses him like a sponge to mop up the universe, to sop up every sin, all you've done, all you've been, all you've got, disarming evil, destroying death, and setting the world at peace. And when the Father finishes, you remember, it is finished. And Jesus dies. It means that just like Lazarus, you and I are free. It means that you and I and Lazarus together are going to grow old together in eternity because of Jesus' love and obedience to his heavenly Father. Next time evil has a go at you, and like Jesus, you find yourself deeply troubled by the realities of life. My friend has died. My life is wasted. 
and I have been betrayed. Try to remember that you and I have been through a lot of Lent together by now. And remember how Jesus' fear turns to anger and then to action on the cross for you. With a word, come out. I love you, I forgive you. Take my name, I baptize you. With a touch, take eat for the full forgiveness of all your sins. And a promise, you're mine, go free. Love me, obey my Father, and live. It's all startlingly good news. And there's still two weeks to go. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.